Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Today's episode is brought to you by ETB Games. ETB Games is, of course, our locals in Alexandria, Louisiana. They are our one-stop shop for all of our card game needs. They have singles and sealed product for the games that you love, like Yu-Gi-Oh!, Magic the Gathering, and Pokemon. Of course, you can also find the accessories that you need, such as sleeves, binders, playmats, and more. And if you're into D&D, well, they have all of your D&D figurines, the paint for the figurines, dice, books, and anything that you would need to play. So be sure to check out ETB Games. There's a link in the description down below. And now, back to today's episode. Hello, everybody, and welcome into today's episode of the Top Cut Yu-Gi-Oh! podcast. My name is Sunny. I'm here with my new co-host, Giant Skyhawk, a.k.a. Isaac. Hello! I'm Giant Skyhawk. Uh, <laughs> it's uh, a little weird to be here in an official capacity, but uh, I'm sure we'll get there. Of course. So, um, I will go ahead and address the elephant in the room first and foremost. So, Caleb has stepped away from the podcast now. If you're following us on Twitter or in the Discord server, you saw this Friday after the last episode went live. Caleb has stepped away for some personal reasons. He has a lot going on in his life right now. You know, it it's kind of like I said in the Twitter post. When you have a you know a full time job, plus you're doing content creation at almost full time hours, plus you have family and you have you know, sleep and things like that, that you like need to do when you do this amount of content creation that we do, you do end up with, uh, <coughs> excuse me, you, you can very easily end up with burnout. So Caleb is taking a step back from the podcast and Yu-Gi-Oh as a whole for his own mental health because burnout is a heck of a thing and it's something that he was dealing with pretty badly. So with that said, 
with Caleb now having stepped down, Giant Skyhawk has stepped up to fill his role as full-time co-host of the podcast with me. So the there's a couple of things about this. Um, the regular podcast upload schedule will stay the same. Uh, we don't have any real plans on changing the upload schedule of the podcast. Uh, something we will do, though, is hopefully uh, we will go into more of a regular upload schedule on our YouTube page besides just podcast content. Uh, we're hoping to do more regular short form content, uh, put out as much high quality content as we can for you guys, the listeners, and hopefully soon the viewers on YouTube. And we are also um, not going to... There's there's If there's one thing that I don't want uh, after this episode goes live is I, I saw one or two people uh, saying not nice things and I, I want everybody to know and understand Caleb has been one of my best friends for over half my life at this point for over a decade and some change and there will not be any Caleb slander or bad talking about Caleb. Uh, he is one of my best friends and always will be. And so while I am excited to move into this next chapter with Skyhawk and to, you know, be here with Skyhawk, uh, this is not an indictment of Caleb. Uh, I, Caleb will always have a place on this show should he ever want to come back. And he will always be um, one of my favorite people in the world. So, Caleb was uh, a good guy. Yeah. No nonsense. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's what we got. Yeah. So, with that said, let's go ahead and get on into today's episode. So, first off, we're going to thank all of our wonderful sponsors. So, a huge thank you, of course, to Steel Fox Games, ETB Games, and of course, we want to thank. Uh, uh, hold on, give me Gem Accessories. <laughs> want to thank Gem Accessories. <laughs> And of course, we want to be sure to check out our Dragon Shield affiliate link, which is in the description down below. Now, with that said, Skyhawk, it's your turn to talk, baby. This is all you. So That's I'm true. sure people know you by now, but you know, go ahead and introduce yourself a little bit. Uh, I, yeah, that's true. I mean, I, I've been around. Uh, I've been around in the cast a couple of times, uh, maybe eight. Uh, or nine, <laughs> but in, in case anybody is uh, is uh, catching me for the first time, because uh, well, wouldn't you know who I am? Of course. Uh, but uh, I am uh, I am Giant Skyhawk. Uh, Skyhawk sings on Twitter. Giant Skyhawk on YouTube. Uh, you may have seen me in that MBT video one time. Uh, I've topped the uh, uh, Chalice Line Monthly a couple of times. I won the very first one, one that, when it was called the Quarantine Series. Um, did you really? I did. Yep. I, I won the very I first one. Uh, I won the first one. I got second in the second one. I got top four in the third one. And then I have a top four in the uh, Chalice Line Monthly on uh, Fluffle. Okay. And, then, uh, and I, you're also I, a moderator. Uh, yeah, I'm a, I'm a mod there as well. Um, I, uh, and I'm kind of known as the Fluffle guy, but I was the Dino guy forever. Uh, I also, uh, I think my crowning competitive achievement is the making it to the Remote Duel Invitational. The, with the goons dino 
I got that dino <laughs> DNA. But uh, otherwise, uh, I'm a judge. I'm a Yu-Gi-Oh player. I do music sometimes. And uh, more, more importantly than uh, anything else is that um, a feared salmon, master of the Sea of Darkness. No. <laughs> it's, uh, <laughs> it's roe is the best delicacy in the world of darkness. And uh, that's who I am. I'm super happy to be on what board. So but, when, go ahead, go ahead and finish your statement, and I'll, I'll follow. Uh, okay, I'll do all right, all right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me, let me, let me do the spiel. Come on. Yeah, uh, come on. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm super happy to be on board. Uh, definitely was uh, a bit unexpected, but I think that this podcast is fantastic, and I am super excited to see where we can go from here. Yeah, for sure. So you mentioned uh, the Terror King Salmon. Can you ask me what? So the main deck is almost like pacifist control. What does the extra deck look like in that? Uh, it's, a, <laughs> it's funny you should ask. Um, uh, it's uh, there. There are a couple of uh, chi shows. Uh, one of them is Starlight, and one yeah? of them is not. Uh, of course. Uh, then, uh, <laughs> of course, we have Crimson Voider. Um, but but I never made it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and yeah. Uh, I think Monk of the Tin, which uh, shockingly uh, you actually can make. That is maybe the only card you can actually make. How? A, the tokens. Are they worm? Oh, do they have to be worms? Yeah, yeah. It has to be a non-Link Tenyi monster. Oh. Okay, never mind. <laughs> you can't make monsters. <laughs> uh, you, can, you can summon it from your extra deck if um, uh, Fists of the Unrivaled Tenyi gets destroyed. Uh, that's how you can True. summon it. <laughs> Actually, that's True. how you, that's, that, that's how you, so you can summon monk, but your opponent has to destroy it. That's your line. Uh, that's the line. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> I'm glad that intro went well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so now I think that a lot of people might asking, might be asking here, where? So obviously, from. Going forward, this will probably be like the main place that people can find you most often. Is mm -hmm. there anywhere else people can find you? Yeah, uh, really the main places that I'm probably the most active are... Uh, well, I'm most active on Twitter because that requires very little effort. Uh, so that's at Skyhawk Sings. Uh, on YouTube, I upload maybe once every three months. Uh, but you can find me there at Giant Skyhawk. Uh, I'm quite active on Discord. I'm, I'm in a lot of them. Uh, if you're ever around, uh, basically, quote, it's it's the Fluffle to Discord, but it's kind of become the the Ease Skyhawk Discord. Uh, if you ever want to come in, uh, that's the <laughs> Necro Fusion Enthusiasts. Uh, as uh, uh, as some would like to say, uh, it's not a Discord server; it's a lifestyle. Uh, I have heard that before. And uh, <laughs> those are, uh, the, you can always find me in the uh, Top Cut Podcast Discord, which you should join by hitting the link in the description. Uh, I have been given the ceremonial green roll. Uh, <laughs> so uh, I'm, I'm, I'm around there. So if you ever need to find me, you can find me there as well. But uh, other than that, I am here in video and audio form every, uh, every Let's day. Let's go. Every Tuesday and Friday. Woo. Now going up, our, we change the time. It was 8 a.m. Central Standard Time. Now it's uh, 1 o'clock Central Standard Time, which we changed a few weeks ago because um, as it turns out, that's the prime time for YouTube uploads. Mm, I see. We've got to the strategy yeah. coming soon. Yeah, and <laughs> you know, I, I think what I'm going to end up actually doing is 
I think we're going to upload to Spotify and uh, the various audio platforms. I think we're going to go back to 8 a.m. on those. And then we're just going to do YouTube at like 12, 1230. Because I don't see a reason to punish the audio listeners for the failings of YouTube as a platform. That is uh, a cold but true. And also, you know, people might want to have it for like their commute to work, right? Like if uh, right. I know, I know that was uh, my my frequent listening time was uh, popping on to uh, to see what uh, Caleb and Sonny had to say about the state of the game on my on my drive to work. Yeah, and we we it was funny when we changed the upload time. We had somebody in the Discord server that was like, "Oh, so are." Are you, you changed the upload time? I was like, yeah. They were like, oh, well, I guess no drive, I guess no ride home podcast for me in the UK anymore. I was like, oh, now I'm a bad person. Oh no. So we're, we're gonna we're gonna go we're gonna go back and we're gonna fix that. So I, I think that while I do think that we're gonna keep the YouTube time around noon, uh, we're gonna go and put the the actual audio time back to eight o'clock so morning commuters rejoice <laughs> <laughs> well morning commuters in north america in the in, right. yeah in europe it's evening commuters my apologies i am constrained by my own community ah yeah <laughs> uh-huh we're gonna fix that aren't we i must broaden my horizons and i'm sure i can do that by talking about a card game that we all know and love Right, which we will do at some point today, I swear. Let's go ahead and start that now. So we're gonna start with the we're gonna start with the structure deck. So we have some new cards that are coming out in the Jack Atlas structure deck, which is coming out later this year. I don't know exactly when, probably like September or so. Um, I'm pretty sure it is exactly September. Yeah. So uh, I guess I'll read. Well, I'll let you read the first card, that way I can get the second one, because I specifically want you to have the third one. Okay, sounds good. Got it. Uh, all right. Uh, I also, I gotta love the YG Org uh, titles. They're just so good. Everyone's King Returns with SD46. And the only text yeah. in the article is just JACK, all caps. Love that. I see. My my favorite is always the URLs. Uh, yeah, Literally yeah, yeah, yeah. just JACK Atlas. Unless, yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I don't know what else you want them to put there. It's just JACK Atlas. Um, yeah. So, uh, first one, we've got a level two. Uh, Vision Resonator. Uh, it's a Dark Fiend Tuner Effect Monster. Level 2, 400 attack, 400 defense. Uh, I, a level 2 tuner does make uh, my vision resonate. I, I, I was just going to say, level 2 tuners that are also dark and also fiends, I, I don't know what you can do with those. Uh, yeah, nothing. Alright, so you can only special summon with the first effect of this card's name once per turn. You can only use the second effect of this card's name once per turn. Uh, I guess we got to be specific with the clauses here. Uh, so, one, if there's a level 5 or higher dark monster on the field, you can special summon this card from your hand. Two, if this card is sent to the graveyard, you can add one spell trap that mentions Red Dragon Archfiend from your deck to your hand. Uh, I could never see a situation where you would just have any level 5 or higher dark monster on the I, field. I, I, I don't know, man. God. It's, not like, it's not like the deck is designed around a monster that is that. Uh, this, seems, this seems pretty darn good. I mean, being a free special... Uh, and and one thing that I would like to point out is that this just says if this card is sent to the graveyard, you can add one spell trap dimensions. It doesn't mean it's sent for a synchro summon. You can just foolish this. Uh, you can discard it from your hand. So there's a lot of ways yes. to get value out of this card. 
So, uh, I, I mean, it doesn't seem like something, like, I don't know how many copies of this you would play, but, like, you absolutely will play it. Like, a free guy that replaces itself, uh, if you send it from anywhere, uh, that seems pretty good. Snap rating is an 8 out of 10. For me. Uh, yeah. I mean, this card <laughs> is really good. Yep. Good uh, also, if you if you control a Red Dragon Archfiend, you know what you can do. Well, what's that? Special this guy, and then make Baron de Fleur. <laughs> I love Baron de Fleur. <laughs> so do I. I so love... next we have Red Zone. <laughs> Continuous Trap Card. You can only use the first and second effect of this card's name each once per turn. One, when your opponent activates a card or effect, if you control Red Dragon Archfiend or a Synchro Monster that mentions it, you can target one card on the field, destroy it. Two, you can target one of your banished Dark Dragon Synchro Monsters, special summon it. Wait a minute. That's really good. Hmm. This card's really good. I mean, you have to play a trap card, which sucks. But, I mean, other than that, this card's really good. Yeah, I mean, like, searchable. Like, like I mean, it mentions Red Dragon Archfiend, so you can search it with Vision Resonator. Which I imagine we'll be getting a few more cards that Vision Resonator can snag from hand. Or from deck. Yeah, rather. for sure. Um, I think this card is really cool. Like, um, I really like card design. Th like, this is really awesome that we're... It seems like we're starting to move away from negation when, like, necessary, unless a deck, they feel like a deck really needs it. Like, mm -hmm. not only this being a searchable disruption, but uh, also recovery in a continuous trap, I think is really good. It makes it possible for opponents to interact with it, but it also gives you, like, multifaceted power. Like, uh, I would compare yeah. this to a card like Branded Beast, uh, where the card is, like, really, really strong, but it's actually quite reasonable to deal with. Uh, I, I really, really... This, like, this is a good card, uh, I, but I think it's also just really good design. Uh, I love this. Yeah, I, I think it's good for the deck. And it's really, really interesting to me whenever you have... Anytime you have a deck that gets searchable trap cards that actually do something and are actually worth playing yeah. so think sword soul right think tier mm -hmm. limits think these decks or even sprite think these decks that l being able to have searchable spell traps and things of that sort to add extra layers of interaction on the end board is the next wave of a good Yu-Gi-Oh deck because when you have decks that are all just making monsters on the field or all just you know, setting up interruption. A deck to be good in Yu-Gi-Oh! now has to have multiple layers of interruption. It can't just be things on the field. It just can't just be things in the graveyard. It can't just be things in the hand. It has to be thing, you know, monsters plus spell trap plus something in the hand, right? You have to have, you know, like there's like four ways of interruption in Yu-Gi-Oh! now, and you need to usually have at least like three of them. Yeah, I think I agree with that. Uh, or you need to be, you need to have two and they both need to be extremely good. Like, if you want an example of that, right. uh, Super Heavy Samurai right now has only two layers, right? Like, it's, right. it's it's the board that they build. And occasionally a third if they're, like, bringing in Floodgate stuff and then the hand traps. Yeah. But because one of them is so overwhelmingly strong and their consistency is high enough that they can play high hand trap count, that works. But those are exceptions to the rule, right? Like, in order to... I think I agree with you. Because if you take a deck like uh, Rika, for example, not playable... Uh, almost in the slightest until it got those extra layers of interaction, right? Like you had Princess in the yeah. graveyard, you have Con Con for tributing stuff off his cost, which is like kind of a unique layer that it has. Uh, and then it has like set disruption in the form of sheet, it can keep stuff in hand. 
that that type of interaction is, is starting to be more important. Uh, unless you're playing like super off-axis, like uh, Runic, for example, just does something different. Uh, and like it, uh, playing, if you're playing a blind second strategy, you don't follow that rule. But if you are going first as a deck, I think I agree that that's the direction. So it is cool that Konami has recognized this and they're giving decks these tools. Right, right. All right, next one is all you. <laughs> okay, so uh, <laughs> this is everyone's king, uh, human type. Uh, I believe that's new. Uh, 3,000. That is new, yeah. <laughs> Illusion. We're, we're getting a new type right after Illusion. This is crazy. We never get this. Uh, 3,500. <clears throat> Though he was a foolish king that threw away his hometown and friends, his damaged heart was saved by a truly caring heart. The man who has chosen to live according to his destiny will surely one day become a true king that will save the world and be beloved by all, granting happiness to everyone. Uh, this uh, oh uh, just a little side note uh, cannot be used in a duel. Uh, <laughs> well, considering it doesn't have a level yeah. or an attribute, there is no level and there is no attribute. So, uh, which means it could be a monster, right? Because it does have attack and defense, but it could also be a spell trap, mm, that's, right? That's true. Could be an extra deck card. We don't know. It's not a token. It's they they. It's got the normal monster border, so it's not a token. I just want to make that clear. And it's- it is classified as a human. I wonder. I wonder if that means you can declare human type with um, uh, with Herald of the Abyss. <laughs> that would be um, really, really funny. I actually want to know now because it's it cannot be used in a duel. But is it like okay? I imagine it's not a legal card type. We can get into the semantics of this another time. Uh, the important thing about this card, uh, and that's why uh, Sunny wanted me to take this one. Is that uh, it? Ha- the the print of this has significance for the Five Ds anime, right? Uh, in the Five Ds anime, there's a scene kind of close to the end of it where Carly Carmine is holding a photo of Jack Atlas, and Carly is like, uh, "I believe you can become a true king," or something like something along those lines. Uh, and this that this card art is the picture that Carly Carmine is holding. So this is actually right. this is really really cool. I really like that the structure decks are now starting to have these types of things like the the Albaz tokens, just having like new art for that stuff. Uh, the Crystal Beast structure deck, having the Jesse Anderson tokens uh, with, with with stuff from the anime. Uh, I really mm-hmm. think it is a very cool way to kind of bridge the gap between printing decks for competitive players to get cards that will help them build decks, and also to give like the fans stuff that they want. This is really cool. I love this. Yeah. Well, that's all the new cards. We actually covered most of them in the last episode, mm. but we are going to be getting... Oh, no. Oh, no. Yawning. Ugh. We are going to be getting probably some more new cards soon, I would imagine, in the last couple of days of the Duelist Nexus reveals before it actually releases in the OCG. So, and Animation Chronicles should be coming out any day in the OCG now as well. Mm. So... With those coming soon, I would imagine that we'll be getting those cards in the coming days. Uh, And also, hopefully, before the next episode, we will have a ban list. (laughs) Uh, um, Okay, we're gonna, we're gonna, as, as, as the fresh blood here, uh, I I would like to distribute my, uh, I, I will provide you all with my take. On, on when the list will be. Oh yeah, so we we you weren't here for the ban list uh, predictions episode. I would uh, love to hear your ban list predictions was, or your ban okay. list uh, takes. All right, 
Uh, listen, I'm, I'm sorry, everybody. You're going to have to hear this for like the 10th time this month. Um, but <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> so uh, I think we are not going to get a list until June. Uh, oh. uh, I So it, it, there are so many... I, I, so I guess here's my, here's my thinking on the time frame. I don't think they will... If they release a list, it's not going to go into effect until June. But I don't think they're even going to put it out until June. Uh, and here's why I think that. So I hate that. I, I No, I'm not saying I like it. I'm saying this is what I think will happen. Uh, I, I really don't like that we're getting another like really long wait for a list like this. Like, uh, but, but here's why. I, I think there are so many national events happening specifically in the EU uh, that releasing a list kind of screws up a lot of their prep. If we were going to get one, it should have been, like, just after Cyberstorm Access was released. Like, it should have been, like, a few days after. I think if we were getting one, it would have been early May. If they've released one now, they run into a problem where they have a whole bunch of national events that now have, like, almost no hype. Because they're, they'd be playing under a format that doesn't exist. I personally would still like them to do it anyway, but just make it effective later, just so that people can, act like, prepare. Because that way... Even if, even though it's under like a list, like an old format list that people would have to prep for nationals for, at least people who have nationals afterwards can reasonably prepare for those events. I think that's the main complaint that people have about why there wasn't a list earlier, is that there isn't like preparation time. Like for uh, GGYGO, I think said it best on on his Twitter. Uh, he said something to the effect of, uh, "It is hard to." prepare for our nationals when you aren't sure what the card pool is because it hugely impacts what's playable uh and so when you put when we don't get communication on when the list is you end up in this place where people have to like spend hours practicing a format that they might not even be playing and people have limited time to do that so if they're i i my prediction is that they will not release the list until probably the first week of june and I hate, I, I hate with a flaming, fiery passion that we do not have set dates for the band list, or at least like time frames. Like I would love, even, even if they don't want to give us set time frames, I would love if they would just say there will not be a band list until after X event, because then we can all at least know, right? But the way that and it I, is And I agree sucks. with that. I agree with that. I think that we do need to have a set date for the band list release. But let me make a case on why it's okay that we don't have a ban list yet and why we will have one before June. Okay. Let's hear it. I think that Konami has a history of wanting to give a new set a couple, two, three weeks to see the impact that a new core set has on the regional scene before inputting a ban list. They did this with Power of the Elements, right? We got a ban list last year, and then we didn't get another one until October because they wanted to give Power of the Elements some time to settle in and see how it was going to impact the format before giving us a ban list that would impact said format because Power of the Elements power creeped the format in a lot of ways, and we didn't need a ban list to hit the old decks because they were already power crept. In the same sense, we got something similar in February when the last core set released right because we what was it it was dabble was in october 
and then after dabble was what's photon hypernova mm-hmm. we got a we got a ban list a couple of weeks after photon hypernova released because they wanted to give it a little bit of time and see how that set was going to impact the metagame before giving us a ban list because you don't want to hit a deck that just got power creeped out right it doesn't make much sense so to that end i want to i think they would like to give us a few weeks in syac format see how the new set really impacts the format as a whole before deciding whether or not to hit and now that i think that they've seen that we have a hit to now that we think now i think that now that they've seen that even with the release of the new set cash is still the best deck they're going to hit cash and there is evidence to support that they will release a ban list at the beginning of national season around this time after you've already had a couple of nationals but before you get into june there is a precedent for this which was this time last year today is may 14th as of recording may 16th as of posting and we have we got a ban list last year on may 17th after we had already had several nationals and the week before we had several nationals that we had several nationals that coming weekend and it was effective may 17th you can't give me hope like this man (laughs) this isn't hope this is cold hard facts baby cold hard facts um and that was the cold hard facts with sunny yeah we're gonna get a lot graphic we're gonna get our graphics team big work work on a graphic for that so, yeah, that's true. We got to get that segment going. Uh, yeah. I think that's a good argument for the list to come out at the end of May and be effective in June. I I, I think that is uh, coping a little bit, but I will say that having it be that around that time last year is definitely a pretty good argument. Um, and now, in terms of what I would like to see on the list, uh, oh, I guess one other point that I thought of, uh, I think you are right about that. Like, it's good to see. For example... I think over the last two weekends of Sayak results, and I will probably have some more from today as well, uh, mm-hmm. I, I think almost everybody wanted a Runic hit of some kind uh, yeah. coming into this yeah. uh, coming into this season, and Runic has like one regional top. I don't even know if it's right. Top it's, it's insane. Like it is just like it's insane. Completely fallen out of the meta game. Largely, be, I think, because it has a bad pearly matchup and it struggles against the super heavy setups that are like anti spell card. That are popular right now uh and uh, yeah i think it just ends up having weaker matchups and that's what kind of causes it to fall off uh a sprite is still present like it's still probably like a, a deck but instead of being like arguably the second best deck uh it is now like fifth or sixth so i, I think yeah. they likely will still hit it just to like tell people okay you please play our new stuff but it likely will not be like a a it, 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 it's not going to be a death nail hit right like it's going to be something that's like either a consistency hit or just something small to move it down to like the 10 or 11th deck instead of the 5th or 6th, right? Um, yeah. So I guess what I would like to see in terms of specifics, uh, I think we need a Kestira hit. It's time. Like if we're looking at results, Kestira's sitting like 35% of tops probably, maybe a bit less. Uh, at least if we're looking at nationals. Uh, you- honestly, maybe a bit more. Yeah. Some, somewhere 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 in that like range which which is less than it was uh it was creeping like it was creeping like 45 50 55 probably at the end of the previous format but um 
but I think it, it's clear that it's like it's still the top deck to beat. Uh, and I think they will, I think it will be pretty harsh. It's not. I don't think it will be enough to kill it, but it's going to be enough to like really, really knock it down. Uh, I think. And I think Kashira is one of the rare instances where a consistency hit would be a good idea, because the deck already has kind of a consistency issue. So hitting that actually would make it a lot harder to play, or you'd have to get more creative. I'd love to see either Fenrir or Unicorn Limited. Uh, I would prefer Unicorn. I think Fenrir is cool for decks to have generically. Uh, it's clearly very strong, but it's a tool kind of like Pankratops, where I think it is good for the game to have cards that are good going second. Um, especially cards that aren't just like blowout board breakers, and I think Fenrir is a good example of that. Unicorn just being your whole combo by itself sucks. Like, if you start with Fenrir, you have to have other stuff. If you start with Unicorn, yeah. it's like, oh, this is just the whole line. Awesome. Person yeah, it's miserable. Yeah. I, uh, Diablosis has to get banned. Uh, I think the zone blocking stuff sucks. I think people shouldn't have to prep for it. I think people shouldn't have to play it. Um, I, now, I will say... I think that Kashira is going to get... Um, you ever seen... Have you have you have you seen the first Star Trek movie like the one with uh Chris uh Chris Pine? Pine? I have seen that one. Okay, so you know the part where they're drilling into Vulcan into the center of the planet mm -hmm. and then they drop the red matter in there and it just destroys the planet. Yep. Um that planet is Kashtira oh, and the red matter is going to be the ban list. <laughs> We're destroying the pressure planet. Okay. All right. I see you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I I I think that they they are going to completely obliterate uh, pressured planet Raysoth. Is that the one? That's the field spell. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is pressured planet Raysoth. Yeah, I'm. I there that entire planet that's under that pressure. They're just going to destroy it. Yeah, I want. Yeah. I, I will say my last piece. Uh, I want Kashtira Birth banned. Uh, that would be my ideal hit to Kashtira. I think that card is absurd. Uh, that card is like I, that card's nuts. Uh, Unironically, I think Birth is the strongest card in that deck, and I would really love to see yeah. it not be a thing anymore. Um, yeah, that card is nutty. It's an extender. It's it's unbelievable recovery, and it also gets to be Dancing Needle for no reason. Uh, like magical. If you haven't read Magical Musket Dancing Needle, it's like the only card I can think of that's comparable. Um, really, but like it just gets to have it. Like the Triple DD Crow, hmm. right? it's a yeah. magical muscle dancing needle it's basically just the same thing it's a continuous trap card though um but okay but, uh, yeah where it just does the banish three but it doesn't do the other things that, <laughs> that burn does uh uh just tap sprite on the wrist like blue to one i think maybe is harsh uh jet to one i think would be cool i could see starter to one uh i could see something like really weird happening there like maybe they go like uh, yeah. and, I don't know. Maybe they think like actually carrot is too strong. We don't want them to have a spell trap negate ban carrot. I don't know. I, I like. I think. I really think that it's. Uh, I to me, if I'm hitting the deck, I go blue. Um, I don't think you go jet because while I do think that there are a handful of spells that they would like to search, I think it's either blue or it's starter. Because starter is exactly what it says. It, it it gets everything up and going on its own. And even if yeah. you so if you go starter into blue into jet, then you can search smashers. Whereas if you go blue into jet into starter, then once you use that starter, 
it's like, okay, well, I can either wait for my opponent's turn to use it to get the cycle going again, mm-hmm. or I can use it to maybe get out a red or a carrot for a negate. Yeah. But having it as uh it, it makes the it makes the engine if you do starter, it makes the engine less recursive over and over. Whereas yeah. if you do blue, it it does I think it both starter and blue make the engine less recursive. Whereas I think jet takes a little bit of the ceiling off of it. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, I'm with you. I think that's true. Because you're making the decision about what to search rather. But uh about about right. what, what you want rather than like what you want to save right i think to be honest i actually think the starter hit is probably worse for recovery because like if you hit starter, like what does jet search on the follow-up smashers like what are you like what are you doing the other thing is that if you hit starter you can't do like the uh, double cross that's true we might see more of that main deck um but let's say you hit starter you can't do the like specifically if they think that live twin sprite is too good i think they'll hit starter because the live twin sprite loves, they absolutely love to have the set starter to summon the red or carrot, specifically because their board is pressed on like you tribute the other live twin name with your with your um, with your red or your carrot, so that you can then revive it to get the effects of both of them. So mm-hmm. uh, I, I think it depends on which version of the deck they want to hit. I think if they hit runic separately, they'll probably hit starter. But if they don't hit runic, I think they'll hit blue. So. Do we think that they hit Branded at all? I know that Branded just won the Israeli National Championship. Shout but out do we really think? Yeah, shout <laughs> out Galza. Do we really think that Branded is enough of a problem to justify getting hit? And if so, maybe just Branded regain. Is it regained or is it it's it Banishment? Which one is the one that revives? Uh, you're um, thinking. You're thinking Expulsion. That's the Expulsion. Yeah, Expulsion. Yeah, I, I think Expulsion be, needs to go personally. It, people used to use Banishment to do it, but Expulsion it does it easier. Um, yeah, I, so I definitely. Well, I, in that case, if 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 Banishment can do it too, then like, what are you going to do? Hit them both? Uh, banishment is more uh, is more setup. I think. I can't remember exactly how that that situation works. It, it does. It. It's, I can't remember why we were using banishment before. Uh, well, they were using it to summon some really stupid card from like Force some, of the Breaker. It's some, some extremely dumb nonsense. It was like Edo, I think. Is, is, uh, yeah, is what, is yeah, what yeah, they were what using in banishment. I think there are more restrictions yeah. on it. Um, so, yeah, absolutely we should be banning Expulsion. I don't think Branded warrants another hit outside of that. Right? Like, the, so the weird thing about banning Expulsion is that they have the new Fusion guy from uh, Cyberstorm Access that can do the same thing. But it's way easier yeah. to interact with that card than it is expulsion. There's there are almost mm-hmm. no good ways to interact with expulsion. Like, what are you are you really gonna cross out expulsion? We're not doing that. Um I yeah. I really, I really hope that Konami doesn't do the thing where they go, oh, everybody's playing gimmick puppet nightmare. We should ban that card. Or like, oh, everybody's playing Ra's Disciple. We should ban that card. Uh please just well, ban see. please just ban the actual problem card ban expulsion i don't think brandon needs any other hits if we're looking at results it's not putting up that many um i i think its position in the meta is totally fine and also they just released a bunch of cards inside like why would i don't think they'll do anything outside of expulsion so here's my argument for them for them banning gimmick puppet nightmare let's hear it 
When the windup loop was happening, what was the actual problem card of the windup loop? Windup Hunter was. What did they ban? Windup Carriers and Maity. Uh, that's interesting. So I guess you're trying to say that their philosophy is actually, if it's too big of a problem, we're just going to make the deck not as playable so that it happens less rather than ban the problem card. Hmm. Right. It's it's less about hitting the problem card itself and more about um, hitting... I... <sighs> I don't know. I guess I guess the argument there is that like if they don't want to hit branded too hard, then they just hit gimmick puppet nightmare, right? That way branded still has like one of their proprietary branded cards still uh you know playable. It doesn't do anything. It's like, so funny it's... though that in a year of branded being legal, we've moved the goalpost from limiting branded fusion to banning branded expulsion oh, yeah. or uh, gimmick puppet nightmare. Well, I mean, there's new cards. The format has changed, but it's not the the meta warping super threat that it was in branded sorcerer format. Uh, Snow is not legal. That, there's that too. Yeah, like a lot, a, a ton of things have changed. Uh, the bestials are a thing. Not that they were amazing into branded, but like there's a lot more people who are building decks to have graveyard hate options. Uh, people are prepared for branded. It has clear weak points. I, uh, it has more tools to play through interaction now, but it's like it has like weird matchup issues. I, I just don't think it makes sense to hit it more than please for the love of God ban expulsion. <laughs> like <laughs> I, 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 we cannot ban gimmick puppet nightmare. That would be like that would be one of the all time dumbest hits to ever happen on the list if it does. Like that would that would. All right, sit. so you sit. heard it here first, folks. Smart money says gimmick puppet nightmare well, getting banned. <laughs> it, I, it would stand in the hall of fame next to a assault core to one and shooting riser dragon to one. Like, as yeah, the, those were pretty questionable. As the dumbest hits ever. Uh, but anyway, those are those are my thoughts. Uh, missed to three, uh, and that's it. Ah, <laughs> uh, sorry, bud. You gotta go to two before it can go to three. Uh, we're getting dino stuff come on <laughs> i will say i think glow up bulb comes off the list because the ocg did it i mean if the ocg did it we can no, it here too. I, I, okay the problem is i agree with you that it could come off i don't want that card off i really don't and and i see why but my ulti first ed says it should mm, come off uh, see you you make a good argument actually i will say it will come i'll off. make another argument oh. for another card that i want to see come off for purely purely uh, selfish you, reasons this, you say this every time i already know what card it is it's a level five synchro monster <laughs> uh i was gonna say wind up carries and matey but also bring <laughs> Deng long back baby <laughs> this man will shill for sword soul until the end of his days i can't <laughs> bring the ding bring the ding I, I really i got i gotta be honest i do not want sword soul to have a searchable camera trap i, I really don't want this to be a thing but why? Um, I just <laughs> blackout. Never mind. No, just don't worry about it. Um, but okay, but Mady, I could have blackout I, and nine pillars. I will say, super heavy is already hand looping. Bring back some Mandy. Who cares? I, <laughs> so I gotta, Here's my thing: the you could bring back Zen Mandy to three and leave Wind Up Hunter legal. And the deck is strong. Don't get me. Don't get it twisted. That deck is really strong, mm -hmm. but I don't think that that deck is necessarily good. 
right? I, I think it would remain rogue to tier two forever. And, and simply because of the recursion loop that exists, simply because of like the amount of uh, just keep going the deck has, mm -hmm. it would be playable. It would be a link climb deck for sure. But with that said, I don't think the hand loop is necessarily viable because of the existence, which Valor existed at the time, but now you also have a prevalence of infinite impermanence yeah. ash blossom and joy spring ghost ogre and snow rabbit i mean ghost ogre would hurt that deck mm -hmm. you know you have um i mean any number of things right so like that that's a combo that has to go very uninterrupted for it to be effective and i don't think it would be i think one imperm completely shuts down any combo that that deck does yeah that's there so. there are like some additional level three extenders you can play if you want to play like a three centric deck but i think that's terror top no that card can never come back no 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 we can't do that i'm just saying that that that, that deck would play it. no 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 that deck would play no. it like am i wrong oh they would play it but you we can't bring that card back you cannot bring that <laughs> Terratop. that card is way too good it's too i, I too... guess i never played with it so i don't know yeah, yeah, no 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 we're, 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 we're done talking about this um i <laughs> i yeah. Uh, I don't think says I the misc to three enjoyer. Uh, yeah, I mean, I want the same thing that we all want, which is ban dimensional barrier. Uh, why is that card legal? Uh, I would love to see a lot of the like yeah. crappy floodgates get limited, like limit skill drain again, limit goes in, limit rivalry, limit tikaboo. Um, uh, probably anti spell is. Cringe. We're gonna spend all this time talking about the ban list. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> wait, then... wait, we can stop. I I didn't mean to turn this into another ban. No, list no, <laughs> no. I know it's fine, but we're gonna spend all this time talking about the ban list on Sunday, and then the ban list uh, is gonna release uh, on do, do, Monday, do. and then <laughs> no, we're gonna. This is this has happened to us before. This has happened to us before, me and Caleb. We we would talk about the ban list on like a Sunday, and then Monday they would announce it, and we have to go back and re-record an entire episode. I can't do this. And do a last-minute edit. I'm oh, a, it's, it's terrible. I'm going to send these Jesus after you for that. We're not doing this. Oh, no. I'm getting tributed. Tributed. <sighs> okay. So we yeah. do have some more stuff to talk about there, today. There is, we do need to move yeah, on. Yeah, there is one more major piece of news, right? Yeah, so we have the update for the tournament policy guidelines mm -hmm. for this is updated as of May 11th of 2023 is when this took effect. Yep. So we're just going to kind of go through section by section, talk about all of the major, major changes. Uh, I'll read them out loud. Skyhawk, feel free to jump in at any time. Mm -hmm. So we're going to start in section one. Uh, subsection C changes to this section, which is the head judge section. Uh, we clarified that the head judge cannot make decisions that go against tournament policy, FAQs, operations, docs, etc. That makes sense. Uh, we clarified that the head judge can disqualify people, but they cannot suspend them. Correct. So head judges can't, like, you know, ban people. Yeah. Only uh, we clarified the, uh, that the. I was going to say go only ahead. only the uh, for for the uh, head judges can't can just can't uh, suspend people. They can DQ them from events. Uh, only the penalty committee can actually suspend somebody from organized right. play. Uh, we clarified that the assistant head judge cannot overrule the head judge if both the assistant head judge and the head judge are handling appeals. That makes sense. Cool. 
That's um, uh, subsection D, assistant head judge, public events lead. This is a new section. We added this section to make information about the assistant head judge public event lead role easier to find and understand. What does it mean? A tier three event such as a YCS or WCQ, the assistant head judges and public events lead have most of the same authority as a head judge in reference to their specific tasks. So this would be in helping actually run the events. Yep. So subsection E, floor judge, what changed? We expanded and clarified the information about questions judges should and should not answer, including new examples. Mm -hmm. We separated the should answer and should not answer into separate sections to make it easier to process and retain the information. Yeah. So the, uh... it, this, they basically just made it to where they clarified what judge it, what questions judges are and are not allowed to answer. Yep. Mostly, uh, there's up to end update later about public and private information that's helpful, but it's mainly to prevent judges from uh, revealing private information that shouldn't be revealed. Uh, or uh, to avoid coaching. Right, right, right. Uh, next, we have subsection J, which is media. Uh, we have separated official media and fan content creation into separate sections to clarify the different requirements for both kinds of content creation. Mm -hmm. We have added a link to the Konami Community Code of Conduct required for content creation. What does this mean? Requirements for media will differ depending on whether the creator is an official member of the media or a fan creator. Regardless of status, there's a code of conduct to which all creators of content are bound. So I do just want to jump over to the policy doc itself and go down to subsection J. So yeah. because this is relevant to me and you, Skyhawk. Yeah, uh, um, it's mainly just um, specifically dividing what you're allowed to do as each category and, uh, and what qualifies as each category. Uh, like fan content creation uh, limited to specific fan areas. Uh, you're responsible for waiver mm -hmm. forms for anybody who appears on camera, should they be necessary. Uh, and uh, I believe there are a couple of other responsibilities listed as well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so official media, you get, you have to, you have to submit an official media pass request, which has to be approved and fulfilled by KDE. Uh, you have to provide evidence of your association with a news outlet or reputable entity in the gaming industry prior to the event, right? So official media doesn't, you can't qualify for official media with like a YouTube account. Mm -hmm. And each event will be capped at three media channels or outlets. So like, there's not like a lot of coverage happening here. They're not planning on having IGN and Game Informer mm -hmm. and, you know, like like 10, 10 publications cover this event. There's nothing on that. But uh, if you go down to the fan-created content section, select Tier 3 events may include a fan content area where event attendees can create photo and video content for social media use. Usage rules apply for the fan content area so this is specifically for interviews deck profiles etc mm -hmm. users must sign a form and agree to abide by the fan content area requirements users may be asked to sign an additional code of conduct users must sign up for a session to the area to use the area and a form will be available on site individual sessions may be limited as to time to ensure fair use for everyone refer to the event faq and on-site fan area fan content area staff for more information Table space backdrops and a limited number of power drops, depending on the venue, are available in the fan content area for content creators. Attendees may only create their own content in the fan content area. They may not use any other area of the event hall. 
and then more FAQs, you're responsible for obtaining release forms from others participating in your content. And you're required to adhere to all terms contained in the Konami Community Code of Conduct, which can be found at this link. Mm -hmm. uh, so we already had the fan content creation areas kind of thing. So it seems like this is just clarifying what's available and what the rules are. Yeah, maybe. My big takeaway from this, though, is that if we want to vlog at Nationals, we can. Mm. So, fair enough. Yeah. Anyway. Uh. Uh. So next we have the uh, subsection or section two dualist responsibilities. So subsection I communication. We expanded the section on retracting legal moves. We separated the cannot retract from can retract due to illegal activation, as there is some currently some confusion about whether or not a duelist can retract an illegal activation versus being forced to change to a legal target. And we explain the process for resolving an illegal activation. Yeah. So judges and duelists have had questions about retracting legal moves or resolving an illegal action that were not clearly addressed in the previous version of the document. This additional information should make it clearer. Yeah, this is actually really good. This is something that catches a lot of people who are kind of moving from an intermediate to a high level or from beginner to intermediate when they're attending mm -hmm. uh, events and learning like the structure of the game from a rules perspective. Uh, this is something that I actually didn't know my first two years playing. Uh, a good example of this is, uh, say, your opponent has a Dragoon, a Red Eyes Dark Dragoon on the field, and a set back row, and you control Dino Wrestler Pancratops. Uh, sure. Say, I activate Dino Wrestler Pancratops, and I declare that I'm selecting Red Eyes Dark Dragoon as a target. Obviously, I cannot do that because red die star dragoon cannot be targeted right uh in mm -hmm. this case you this is this is not a retraction of the move per se although they're saying can retract um you are not forced to follow through with the illegal activation of a card so when you activate the pancratops you aren't forced to target the set card if you declare a target that's not legal to declare um you that revert back to the uh, last legal game state, which was before the Pancratops was activated. Um, the, this is also very good about cannot retract. So, like, say I there's two set cards. I declare Dino Wrestler Pancratops targeting that set card. As soon as I say those words, I cannot then say, actually, I'll target the other card. Uh, if you're an opponent and you're nice, maybe you might let them do that. But as soon as they verbally declare their action, that overrides anything else that they have done. So uh, this, I would, I would recommend going to the article and reading through the examples if you're somebody who's a bit newer. Extremely helpful. I'm really glad they did this. So it's important to note that not only can are you not supposed to actually let them take back moves like yes. that. Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah. Not only are you not supposed to, it is illegal to do so. Yes. Correct. So while while you, I guess, could break the rules and allow them to take a rule back, putting you in a less advantageous position. Um, I would think about it twice. I've yeah. done it in tournaments before, uh, especially locals. Locals, I roll with it. Uh, I did it at a YCS, though, and it lost me the match, so I'm yeah. not doing that anymore. I would say at, at a locals, uh, everybody is there trying to learn uh, and, and, yeah. and dig it through. If there are no stakes, I think I think it is best to give people the space to, to learn and grow the community. Uh, at at a, an event with real stakes, like an OTS championship or a regionals or a YCS, uh, I, policy would just be to, to not do that at all. So, yeah. Uh, anyway. Okay. Um, <laughs> live streamed events. This is a new section. So it covers personal policy related to appearing on camera at a live streamed event. Uh, so basically, if you're on camera at an event, there are certain guidelines that they want you to follow about 
maintaining like a proper composure, maintaining a proper um, presentability, things like that. And like if you're playing on a live stream, they want you to either use like a non-branded game mat or you know non-branded sleeves or Konami official stuff, which makes sense. They don't want you up there promoting something else. Yep. So if you've got uh, if you, like, and uh, you don't need to be concerned uh, card sleeves wise. Um, like if you have, so if like if you have just like Dragon Shield sleeves, for example, those are not branded. Right. They're just they're Correct. they're colored, right? That's perfectly fine. You're you're a okay. Yeah. It's just if there's like extra branding on the side of them, or if you've got like a, mm -hmm. like a tube, just don't have that appear on camera. Uh, it's all pretty reasonable. Give it a read. <coughs> I think so too, but you know. To each his own. Mm -hmm. uh, next, we have tournament information. Changes to this section include subsection <laughs> C time limits. <laughs> Round times for tier one, tier two, and tier three in person events are now 45 minutes. Hallelujah. So now we have changed. The 45 minute time limit is now no longer a YCS only thing, and it's for all levels of events. I'm so happy with this. I cannot express this enough. A 45-minute timer at YCS has been such a blessing and a godsend, and I'm so happy that that is the official stance for regionals and locals now, too. Yeah. Oh. I think this is a great change. Uh, it's it is my favorite a, change in the entire document. I'm uh, not even kidding. 100%. It is extremely good that... It, I think I think the, the end-of-match procedures are something that a lot of players just badly dislike, and I think uh, Konami knows that almost everyone doesn't like them, but... At the same time, they have to be able to run events in a timely way. This is a good compromise. I think I think after yes. testing it for a while, 45 is just the way to go. Yeah, agreed. Uh, next, we have special assistance. So this is in the tournament play section, section four, uh, sec subsection B, special assistance. Uh, essentially, if you have a disability or a reason that you need special assistance, contact Konami. They can give that to you. Yep. Um, uh, tournament registration. Oh, go ahead. I was going to say for this, a good example for special assistance, if somebody uh, has a has a mobility issue, like in terms of uh, disability, yeah, yeah. Uh, making sure that they sit at the same table the whole time. Uh, as somebody who's going to be a head judge, like uh, just make sure that you let them know ahead of time, uh, like, hey, I would like to enter this event. Here's what's happening. Uh, every team will move heaven and earth to to make sure that you feel like you're you're welcome yeah, and sure. able to participate in an event. Uh, next, we have tournament registration. So this is an entire section they added covering online registration. So with more events now requiring online registration, there's an official policy doc for it. Uh, so deck registration, uh, this is really important. Duelists can now resubmit deck lists submitted online, but only to accommodate for a new forbidden and limited list or a new product release. So essentially, if you say you're going to YCS Philadelphia next weekend, right? And you go ahead and you submit your deck list now. And then tomorrow we get a ban list that says, oh, well, you know, the ban list is effective immediately. You, okay, well, now you can, uh, if because you've submitted online in advance, you can go to the event and say, hey, I submitted my deck list online, but due to the ban list, I need to change my deck list to be, you know, for it. So, you know, this will allow you to do make deck list changes which i love so so this is good this is really good why would they put this in here now 
Uh, it's, oh, because YCS it's Philadelphia is next like, weekend. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like yeah. there's uh And I think there's a YCS this weekend, too, in Central America or like, South America. This is just like a good policy change. Uh, but uh, yeah. I am curious about the the timing of this. Uh, anyway, we can move on. But yeah, uh, it's, just, something uh, that, it's something that we've complained about several uh, times, just, but I'm uh, glad that they added. Just something to think about. Yeah. <laughs> Subsection G sleeves. So... They clarified that you cannot use sleeves that are too big for your cards because it can cause marked cards and mm -hmm. a couple of other things about sleeves. Basically, just use the right sleeves, you know. Uh, tournament materials added a new section to allow zone markers to indicate blocked zones. Excellent. This, is a, this is a fabulous change. Uh, it, it is, Agreed. It's crazy to me that for a while they were like, we can use them on stream, but you're not allowed. Um, this right, is, this yeah. Is, but I assume it might have just been that they needed the time to make a good amount yeah. of updates to tournament policy to include this awesome uh yeah i will say uh there right. is actually a specific uh -huh. set of rules that you should know um yeah let me pull no, them up here you can't you can't use like tokens counters or things of that sort it has to be something with like a circle with an x on it to officially indicate that it is actually a blocked zone so all right uh and then we have field layout all right, uh, the next thing that they talked about is the field layout. So uh, um, this is just something to keep policy consistent between documents. Uh, note taking, we separated the allowed and not allowed examples. So this makes sense. Uh, this is uh, another thing that would just make you understand a little bit better what is and is not allowed on note taking. Mm -hmm. And by the way, we're going through this. You really should be you really should go in and read all of this yourself if you're planning on participating at tournaments, especially regional and above. That way you really have a good understanding of what you are and are not allowed to ask a judge. That way you're able to put yourself in the best advantage to succeed in these environments. Um, next, we have public knowledge. So they clarified what public knowledge covers. Public knowledge has some really specific limitations. Some duelists and judges have taken card text as public knowledge to mean you can ask for information about absolutely any card and this is not the case and was clarified so essentially you know if my opponent is playing a dark warrior deck you know i can't just call a judge and say hey what does Isolde do before they play it right mm. um there is a certain amount of understood you have to know what the with if you want to succeed you need to know not just what every card does at all times but you need to understand specifically what your opponent is going to do to game plan for that and you need to know what these cards do without having to ask a judge hey what does the next card in my opponent's combo do right mm -hmm. and that just like they clarified public knowledge they also clarified private knowledge so this makes it easier to tell the difference between public and private knowledge and uh it's easier to understand the kinds of penalties that can be occurred by lying about or revealing private knowledge yeah and with with that we also have card hand and deck verification so things that are and are not appropriate for a judge to verify because this is something that has been there's been misconceptions on for since they instituted this policy and then we have card loops so this mm. is the morphtronic telephon uh, <laughs> subsection the telephone clause basically they made it to where if you have a, a loop that is dependent on a die roll, but the die roll doesn't actually make a difference what it lands on. You just have to do it once to show that it doesn't make a difference. 
and then you don't have to do it anymore. Yep. There was some weird, um, like some weird questions about, oh, so you can only do the loop once. Right. No, I think this is really meant to say you only have to show how it works once. Yes. And then from there, if it's not dependent upon the actual result of the die roll, you don't have to sit there and manually roll the die every time to actually, you know, uh, do the loop. Exactly. Uh, the main thing here, um, the wording of once, it just makes it so that it works the same as uh, all other controlled loops. Um, yes. The previous problem is that because technically a result was randomly changing with Telephone's life points, uh, it, under the loop rules, you had to continue doing the loop, which is not great. Yeah. So this is just a way to say, you, and uh, a good way to explain it, you only apply the results of the dice the one time, if it doesn't matter. So if in Telephone's case, let's say you roll a two, you, for only, you perform the loop once, you roll your two, that two is now the dice roll for every instance of the loop that you repeat. So if you declare, I'm repeating yeah. this loop two million times, you gain two million, you gain uh, like four million life points because the die roll uh, result is if, two if, every time. If you gain 200 and you do the loop two million uh, times, but, uh, 200, you gain yeah, 400 I, I, million. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, was, I, 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 tunneled, <laughs> I tunnel visioned on the die roll, okay? I, numbers aren't real. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> So, uh, conceding a gamer match, uh, we clarified that some events will not allow conceding or may have additional requirements, and you cannot you cannot ever ask your opponent to concede to you, even if you do not offer a bribe. Uh, yeah. So this is just to be clear about this one. Uh, the uh, not allow conceding is basically for stream purposes. Like if you're if you're on ah. stream, they're not going to let you concede. Uh, at least there there will be stupid. additional rules. Uh, I personally really dislike it because I think being able to concede at any time is actually like a competitive advantage thing. Like, um, and now Correct. to be fair, I don't think they have ever made somebody not, they don't have ever had somebody not concede like in a game one situation when they want to hide what they're playing, right? Like I think, I don't think they've ever mm -hmm. done that, but they have made people play out like games that are already lost. Uh, I don't like it, but I understand that they want to do it for content reasons. I think the way to deal with that is to just plan more backup content. Uh, I, I think the yeah, uh, I agree. I think the EU streams have figured it out, and the NA streams are still working on it. Yeah, uh, make some Edison <laughs> format games. Let's go. Honestly, not a bad plan. Like or um, uh, that's what EU does. I think I think backup features are, are another a way to to handle it. Um, my favorite, but, one of my favorite things I've ever seen was in the finals of the YCS Las Vegas the 3v3 they had they had they had cameras on all three players and they would swap back and forth between them when it, one game ended they would go to a different game that was still going and yeah, swap between all the, three I, the 3v3 and it, it, it might be it. more intense it might be more intense on the announcers and the crew but wow it was so much better of a product i feel like extremely cool big fan of that uh, i will say yeah. as well um Obviously, you cannot ask your opponent to concede to you, even if you do not offer a bribe. Um, you you cannot, under any circumstances, try to affect the outcome of a match other than what actually happened in the match. Uh, yeah. And if you are caught doing so, uh, and especially if you're caught doing so in a malicious way, you will be disqualified immediately. So uh, yeah. just just don't do it. It's not worth it. Um, time extensions have been clarified, and so they moved it. 
it wasn't previously in this document. It was in the infractions and policies doc, but now it's also here. Uh, bribery and collusion, uh, they added... It's funny that bribery and collusion, they made it to where prize, prize splitting is legal. It's funny that they put it in the bribery and collusion subcategory subsection. But it's, it's kind yeah. of collusion, I guess. Uh, yeah, and to clarify, like this, this one is like, it basically just means like if you're, because I, I think it's been common practice for a while at like tier one events at like a locals or like a box yeah. tournament or whatever. Like if you, if yeah. you, if people like, we got to top four, we don't want to like, we can just split prizing. We don't want to play more Yu-Gi-Oh. We all want to go home. Uh, I think, I think yeah. making this like officially legal is good. Like it's not like it was like really prohibited, but being able to say, hey, uh, oh, one thing to note is that um, this is explicitly at tier three events. You are still not allowed to do this. So if you're at like a yeah. YCS like side event or whatever, you cannot. But I believe it's a tier two in some circumstances and always at tier one events, which uh, I think YCS side events specifically are considered tier two. Oh, that's possible. Not tier three. Yeah. I can't remember. I don't yeah, it doesn't matter. Yeah, whatever. All right, section five, reporting match results. They made a change that's saying uh, if you don't report match results within five minutes of the round ending, whoever is responsible for submitting the result, typically the winner, will receive a game loss in their next round. Mm -hmm. So you basically, when you get done, don't walk around with your match slip for 20 minutes, delaying the entire tournament. Mm -hmm. Go bring it to the judges. Uh, tiebreakers, they added a di an additional tiebreaker section and they reorganized it. So essentially it'll make it much less likely for duelists to end up with identical tiebreakers and tie for the same final standing. And it's, they made it easier to read. Yep. Uh, section six tournament infractions. So they added extra penalties for unsporting conduct. Um, <clears throat> we included text notifying people that they will added they will they will be added to the suspended person's lift if they are suspended so essentially the way i see this um they're gonna start emailing people and letting people know if they've been put on the suspended players list uh no i think this is just saying in the document they've added text that they'll be added right uh, this, is, this is not like they're sending them a text notifying them this is just no, no. I, I just figured that this meant they were sending an email. I mean, this I, is I, I believe section I six, subsection G. Uh, let's see. Let's see. I, I don't I think. Have yeah, both yeah. I don't open. think. I don't think this is the case. I believe you just appear on the list. Oh, okay. Well, I'm. I'm not sure. I don't know too much about the process. Yeah. Okay. It doesn't yeah. actually say. All right. Um. Event uh, violating community code of conduct this is a new section. Basically, they instituted a code of conduct and stated that violations of this will result in additional penalties such as suspension from organized play. Inappropriate or unsupporting comments or and actions can result in suspension from organized play. You're responsible for familiarizing yourself with this and abide by the policies it contains. Yeah. So essentially, uh, leaks and things that you do out of the game so like specifically we had the tatsum situation a while back where he leaked some cards even though or he reported on leaks even though he wasn't the one to leak these things this is formalizing them saying we can suspend you for anything we want to suspend you for at any time and it's our discretion to do so yeah essentially there is uh something to note uh i actually asked in the um adjudication conflagration group that's the the semi-official mm -hmm. judge group 
I asked for some clarification sure. on the code of conduct stuff, and I did get an answer from Julia. Uh, Interesting. At least uh, for now. So, for I, I guess the first good point of clarity is House of Champs actually posted the exact uh, text from the uh, right. from the so privileged Policy information. Guide. So something to note: this includes like uh, like sets, like set contents, card spoilers for KDE US specifically. So somebody asked, "Will I get banned for sharing OCG reveals?" No. Those are official reveals. Uh, that is fine every single time. Okay. Uh, so, so that stuff is not a problem. Um, however, uh, it specifically mentions that uh, this privileged information clause includes sharing or reposting it. So, if you uh, post it, uh, it then it um, if like if you post it at all. Uh, and the other clarification is it is not restricted to the original sources. So they are saying if you post leaks at all. Whether you are the source of the leaks or not, then you can be suspended. Right. So I think, uh, and I mean, it's it's good that they've have clarified this, right? It's it's good to have clarification on this. I just think it's a very dangerous policy. I think this is very bad. Uh, I think this is yeah. I think this is draconian. Uh, that is that is the word to use. I am happy that they are specific. Like I'm happy that they because the problem with Tatsum's situation is this was not in the policy. Uh, anyway, correct. And they just correct. they just they dinged him for three years for for four, for that four years. Yeah, if, uh, he was banned for three years for the leaks and for one year for a different thing. Uh, I thought it was two and two. I thought it was three and one. Regardless, yeah, whatever. Uh, <laughs> Tatsim can can share his own story, I guess. Um, so yeah. point being, uh, do not post leaks anyway, uh, because yeah. you will probably be suspended, even if you are not the original source. Uh, I think this. I'm is just gonna say terrible. I don't think Tatsum will be their uh, scapegoat for this. I think that they will make, they will find someone in the coming weeks, and make an example out of someone to prove that they're serious about this. Uh, I believe it. I, uh, I, I, I really don't like this. I think people can like click links accidentally. People can share stuff without knowing that it's a leak. Uh, like, I mean, you can do the whole, like, ignorance of the law isn't an excuse for breaking the law, but this is these are rules for a card game participation uh, and not a yeah. uh, court of law. I think you can be a little yeah. more reasonable about that. Uh, and I, 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 and I, think, I think even, like, there are legal consequences for, for leaking product, right? Like, that's a crime to do. I, like, why not pursue people here's my thing. that way? I just... Here, here's my thing. Konami doesn't want these leaks out there, right? Mm-hmm. Well, how about this? How about before these leaks can come out, you work with content creators even earlier than they already do? Normally, they normally they have the the set reveals with the content creators like a, like a week or so before the set releases. Why not do it earlier than that, right? Why why not do it? Mm-hmm. You know. A good bit earlier why why not do more in-depth stuff invite the content creators to konami to do interviews about this set and how you know like like magic does stuff like this right we get a lot more background information on how these sets are made how these sets are revealed and it's a lot bigger deal and i don't know i just feel like it's i feel like konami could do more in the in the space like there's a reason that we get so hyped over leaks and it's because konami never gives us any information yeah so, which I will say they've been working better to work with content creators. Things like the fan media section are like that. That's part of it, right? That's mm-hmm. part of them. It doesn't feel like much to people that aren't a 
content creator, but that that is a step in the right direction, undoubtedly. But I think that if Konami wants to make leaks less of a problem, then they leak it before somebody else can. Yep. That's the solution, which sounds crazy, but like that to me, that's the solution. Yep. So the other thing important to note, like you, 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 you control these leaks and you get in front of them by putting the information out there yourself. That way you can actually control what information goes out. I completely agree. Uh, the one other point to note, the community code of conduct. Um, so there is a link to the code of conduct. I would recommend going to read it in its entirety if you plan on playing Yu-Gi-Oh! in any capacity, because that code of conduct also applies to uh, entering any events in Master Duel or Duel Links yeah. or anything. Um, yes. The I am worried a little bit about how vague some of the sections are uh, in terms of when they apply. Uh, my, Julie, uh, I asked a question in the judge group and the head of uh, judging is, is looking into the specifics of when some of it applies. Uh, the response I got was that the harassment sections and like the trolling and the bullying and all that stuff, uh, that stuff applies universally on social media platforms. So uh, don't harass people, don't threaten people, don't bully people, don't discriminate against people. Those are just generally decent human things that you shouldn't be doing. Uh, or decent, yeah. So just, right. just be a decent the, person. The only reason... The only reason that you should have for harassing anybody is if they think Shine Down is better than <laughs> Listen to the Patreon episode if you want to hear more uh, by yeah. signing up to the Patreon. Um, but yeah. uh, the the thing is, uh, anything else that isn't like social media, like harassment or, or, or threatening or anything else, uh, is meant to apply in game uh, or or in in events. So one example is like politics, right? I got a, I got an election coming up in Alberta. I'm probably going to be posting about it. Uh, that's important to me. That's who I am. Uh, that's something that is, right. is going to matter. Um, the the goal uh, there is, and this isn't, you can't, don't take what I say here as set in stone. They're still looking into it and, and waiting to get me a better answer. But the, uh, uh, her understanding of it is that it's that's meant to apply in the game. So like if I post about, say, like a get out the vote post for, for Alberta, uh, that, mm -hmm. that doesn't violate the code of conduct because it has nothing to do with UPO. Even though my account is associated with UPO, um, if I were to post on there, that's perfectly fine. It's only if it's like okay. under a Konami post or like related gotcha. to UPO at an event or doing something like in-game, right? They'll, gotcha. So, so that's good. Like if they're going to apply it that way, I'm okay with that. I'm still a bit worried about the vagueness, but if they're like harassment is universal but all the other stuff is only while you're in game or participating at a UPO event i think that's reasonable so yeah just to give you all if, if any right. changes i'll let you all know because i'm still waiting on the details as well, so. yes uh the last thing to talk about is marked cards uh they did add a little subsection about uh marked cards and how if you if you have marked cards that you cannot replace you have to drop so all right with that said, that's everything for today's episode. Uh, I hope that you have all enjoyed this wonderful leap into the new era of the Top Cut Podcast with myself and, the, of course, the one and only, the wonderful Giant Skyhawk. That's me. Love that. <laughs> and, of course, we're going to go ahead and we're going to go ahead and thank all of our wonderful, wonderful patrons. So, with that said, a huge thank you to... What's the difference between Naruto and Bleach? No one has ever told me to drink Naruto. 
Kane Martin, Zyphorus, Cards Go Asia, Earth Machine, Best Deck, Epi, Has Anyone Actually Read Toy Vendor, HH Cyber, If All You Have Is a Cosmic, Every Problem Looks Like a Floodgate, John Lil, Monstertron, Mountain Man, Oatmeal Spaghetti, Owen Alvarado, Seto Kawaiba, Silver Hope, Unbanned Number 95, Konami, Understanding and Reading Are Two Different Things, Virtually Savior's World, Rogue and Tier 2 Are the Polite Terms for Bad Deck, Aaron Gardner, Asami, Ashless Chaps, Atsuyo, Simp of the Silver Castle, Blackwing, Silver in the Ascendant is the Best Floodgate, Box Wine, Toe Wanna, Get Your Game One, Duty Booty, Dragon Maiden, List Behavior, Dragon Maid Sunseed, I'm About to Rika Glamour Tribute for Crossy's Plant Nuts in Your Mouth, Can, the Hockey Walkie Slush Mixer, Old Man Red, Pin Code 143, and Slaking It Up. Thank you all so much for your continued support of the podcast. And with that said, have a great week, everyone. Adios. Is that your sign off? Adios. I don't know. <laughs>